it's great. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, it's gonna be everything fun. is fine. This is <laughs> this, this is, is fine. fine. <laughs> especially me and my gas burner. Yeah, so like <laughs> like hours, hours after we recorded the last episode which was about things about moving the bar in terms of the administration making bad things seem less awful <laughs> so that it makes itself look good or it makes us look less doomed. Um and after that um it came out that the car companies were lobbying um, the president. I'm not going to say it this time. I'm not going to say him. Excellent. Uh, um, <laughs> you don't want to have to bleep it. I mean, my goodness. I mean, okay, so we're we're an explicit show, but. That's, that's still. <laughs> you want to keep it to a minimum. Yeah. Um, so they started lobbying him um, to roll back some orders that Obama signed in. 2009, um, which would make it so that by 2022, no, I'm sorry, 2025, that automotive fleet averages needed to be as high or as close to 50 MPG as possible. Um, and there's no point to getting into the details of what fleet average means, um, because they're not going to do it. <laughs> um, and even companies, or even, I shouldn't say companies, I should say even Toyota, who already has cars that get 50 MPG, um, is part of the fighting it. So that takes it out of, you know, like, polluter is going to pollute territory <laughs> into um, maybe we've hit the limits of efficiency on internal combustion. Yeah. I mean, as long as they're selling those huge ass pickup trucks and lots of people do buy them, the Toyota Tundra is very reliable. Now, granted, there are people like on Earth who do need that kind of towing capacity and cargo um, capacity, but I would say that's probably what 10% of the people who buy them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Especially in rural areas, you just have the like you just have truck culture. You know, it's just part of it. No one ever puts anything in the flatbed. They keep it clean like their living room. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're hauling hay, then get the biggest truck, get, you know, as big a truck as you need to feed your horses or whatever, but like Yeah. If you live in the suburbs or like even the exurbs, what you you help your buddies move like once every three years, so you need a truck. Oh, my favorite is the people who have the uh, the pickup truck they use to drive themselves to their legitimate construction job, but while right, they're they there, they day. use you know a real machine. Yeah. Um, now, uh, an interesting uh, other side of the coin of this is that. Um, 
for the 27 model year, so this is decisions that were made, you know, a long time ago, but I only looked them up recently. Um, the EPA are current friends for we'll see how long they get to exist. Uh, changed their method of coming up with those uh, EPA MPG number stickers um, to be, you know, a little more aggressive is the sugar-coated way of hmm. uh, framing it. You know, lead-footed acceleration, heavy braking, excessive speedily, excessive speeding, excessive idling, towing, using all-wheel drive when you don't need to. Hmm. So, except for those last two things, basically for driving in Atlanta. A lot of those things are, you know, just sort of doing the exact opposite of what hypermilers do. Right. And a lot of what non-plug-in hybrids do is just sort of hypermile for you because you're not plugging them in. You're getting all the extra efficiency out of the battery and the uh, EV, um, just, you know, optimizing the ever-loving crap out of <laughs> the combustion engine. Um, so... That's why 2017 uh, models that are honest probably have worse stickers on them than their 2016 counterparts, even if like all they did was like change a headlight or something between <laughs> the two years or, you know, change the paint options. Um, Dang, what's in that paint? <laughs> so that's sort of like, that's probably the last bastion <laughs> of the bar moving in the uh, correct direction. Uh, yeah. Um. Now, getting to uh, Jessica's particular gas guzzler and the <laughs> uh, the trucks. Um, hey, now, it doesn't guzzle gas that much. <laughs> people are projecting that there will be a spike in gas prices in early 2018, followed by another bumpy road down, uh, followed by it going back up in 2022. From, and that point on, it doesn't recover. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully by then I'll be able to get that Tesla. Well, at least you can put batteries in cars that are for moving people around. Right. Um, and the, the reason that's limited to passenger cars and even passenger cars, not just overall passenger vehicles, um, is because batteries, um, even the best ones we have, which is lithium, iron, phosphate, and Please don't email me to tell me about carbon nanotubes because that's oh not God, a thing no. that's going to happen. It's, <laughs> it's just not. Um, you know, a couple battery packs, like 35 miles worth of battery pack weighs as much as an overweight person and fills up half of, you know, a bucket seat. And if you've ever driven your car when it's literally full of people, you know, like actually has five people in it, you've probably noticed that the pedal doesn't feel the same, braking doesn't feel the same, you know, it's it's performing completely differently um, than when it is when it's just you in it. I'm trying to think, I don't think I've ever experienced that in my Mazdas, but then I don't drive like an asshole in them either. I guess braking, I did notice a difference once or twice. Maybe when you were moving. Well, I, I mean, my car was full of cats. So oh, not. so that's that's not that's not a lot of weight. I'm, ta well, I'm talking about adding an extra thousand pounds to your car. Yeah, no, it probably the pro probably the most weight uh, in humans other than myself was probably like maybe three to four hundred pounds of, of human. Okay, so that's that's medium noticeable, I guess. 
Um, I mean, the most drastic I saw was um, when I was um, driving around Vermont with my family, we carpooled to something. And, you know, we took my car because, you know, it's the the only hybrid. And in Vermont, there's clean air. So it gets better <laughs> mileage than I do in Jersey, which is oh, like <laughs> a really depressing thing that I've proven across multiple trips. That's so sad. Um, we have we have okay air up here, I think. Well, yeah, because it's in between. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a gradient, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. And uh, filling my car with three additional people, you know, drop the mileage from low 60s to mid 40s. No, that, that, you know, that's bad by comparison. That's a 33% yeah, like, drop. That's about as good as my car gets. Like the best, and my current car is much better than my previous car, which was also a Mazda 3. The Skyactiv engine really, they really did do some remarkable things with increasing the efficiency of the, well, it's, I mean, it's a whole car approach to increasing efficiency, really reducing weight and blah, 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 details. Um, but the best, pretty much the best I ever got was driving all freeway driving from Atlanta to New Jersey, where we stopped over. Um, I, I was getting some real good mileage, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe over 40. <laughs> oh, that's good for highway driving. Yeah. Well, the, the point of that story was that you know, weight ruins your right. efficiency in vehicles that get power from batteries. Because um, basically, that was the reason my mileage dropped to that is because that's what um, that's what a Prius would get if it just didn't have an EV in it, because it would effectively just be a Mini Cooper, mm. because it's about that size and curb weight and power. So, well, and so, I mean, power. Mini Coopers have pretty. Well, it's decent. <laughs> it, it's a the curves on the uh, the pedal are electronically controlled, and they just don't let you because that's the the point of it doing all the hypermiling for you is it doesn't let you floor it. Ah, um, Mini Coopers let you floor it. Yes, they do, but they <laughs> but they they can get into the forties a lot easier. You don't need to average right. it out over three hundred miles of <laughs> I ninety five. You you no, just get we, it. <laughs> we took the interior route, so we didn't have to do the Beltline Belt uh, Beltway belt, Beltline belt line is Atlanta. <laughs> the, the Beltway's around DC. Yes, that horrible thing. We skipped yeah. that. I forget what road we did take, but. It was the one where you go through, like, nothing, trees and <laughs> mountains. <laughs> it's much more ideal. Yeah, it's better for your mileage, for sure. Um, right. But yeah, people, heavy, heavy ruins everything, batteries suck at heavy. Yeah, and that's sort of why, like, the the uh, the Model S's are, you know, they're, they're getting additional range just through, you know, marginally improved battery chemistry, but... Due to the fact that they have, you know, 100 kilowatt batteries in them, that there are so many cells that, you know, a tiny efficiency does actually put more miles on it. Whereas uh, most non-plug-in hybrids have a one kilowatt battery, uh, a kilowatt hour. Right. Uh, so, and just, just to throw some numbers out there, uh, a light car... Like a Leaf or a plug-in Prius or a Volt gets, if if you're good, five miles out of a kilowatt hour. And that's probably like 25 pounds of battery. Mm -hmm. How much do you think gas weighs that only has five miles in it? Like, even for your car. <laughs> 
like um, like a coffee cup, like a measuring cup, you know, yeah, like not that much. <laughs> it's very energy dense is gasoline. That's why we like it so much. Right. So when you try to scale that up to trucks that haul things, um, it, it just it just doesn't. You start you you reach this point where you're adding more battery to pull the weight of additional battery. So that just that just doesn't work at all, obviously. Yeah, it's like how um, airplanes have to calculate the weight of their fuel, and it's like it, it eventually it converges, and it's terrible. Which is and uh, which is why airplanes usually have like exactly enough fuel in them. To the extent that pilots are kind of uncomfortable sometimes. Like, yeah. What if anything goes wrong? Well, surely we can find a field somewhere. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Fingers but they cross. <laughs> they usually have like an hour of extra fuel, and that's assuming they were on time. You know. Right. It, it's pretty horrifyingly close. I'm. <laughs> I plan to fly as little as possible during the current administration because I imagine those regulations are just going to get even worse. Oh, God, that's probably true. Basically, everything that we have in place to stop us from dying in the short term and the long term and the medium term, in all the terms, really, are, are slowly being eaten away by people for whom it would be profitable for us to be less safe. It's great. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, it's going to be everything fun. Everything is fine. <laughs> this is, this <laughs> this is, is fine. <laughs> and the, the worst part about the fact that we can't plug anything else into trucks except for natural gas is that our trucking system is already set like or basically existing in America right now is the three-day food supply that is powered by the trucking industry. So a grocery store has three days of food in it and because it's already set up to receive a daily or multi-daily deliveries from trucks, so if the trucking system breaks down, I mean... We're so screwed. It, it's, it's everything. <laughs> We're going to have to eat our neighbors. Well, if they're rich, I mean, go right ahead. My neighbors are not rich, but I know where the rich people live, so we'll just have to do raids on their... I saw somebody with a Trump bumper sticker, so I know we who can eat, eat them first. first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you brought us to this point. <laughs> um, so I did mention natural gas. Um, right. And so the interesting things about um, if you put all the energy into compressing gas into a liquid, um, and by gas, I mean natural gas, right. um, you can pretty much put it in a diesel engine unmodified, which is nice because it's plug and play, except for all the upfront energy that no one likes to think about. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but it's it should be very concerning that um, trucking fleets... Namely, like UPS, you know, like some pretty legit brands are already doing this. And the reason is because a company like UPS, like UPS is the one that came up with the whole rerouting software that eliminated left turns for fuel efficiency's sake. Hmm. Um, and natural gas is not any greener than using oil-based diesel. So it's not, you know, some feel-good, you know, blowing green yeah. smoke up their ass kind of thing. Um, it's because they're probably trying to steel themselves against 
another oil crash. Um, and I would say that they are more in the know than the average person. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably. Because UPS <laughs> is not a delivery company. It's a logistics company. You know, yeah. they, they mine data. <laughs> yep. They... They have a relationship, actually, with my former um, employer, which has a pretty strong new data analytics program. So they definitely, um, that, that is a thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> they're, they're a modern business that is interested in using data to increase profits. Shocking. Yeah, so they, they know what, what's up. And yeah. um, now, and there's, a, there's another interesting point about natural gas is that um, for the last like 10 to 15 years, there's been this refrain that we have a hundred years of natural gas. And despite the fact that 15 years moved along, the number hasn't changed. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's red flag. Number one, uh, red flag. Number two was that this occurred before anyone started powering any, uh, trucks by natural gas. So that was a hundred years of natural gas being used for heat, basically, yeah, now it's buses, too, and trucks, and let's see, um, still heat, electricity some places, right? because it's ostensibly greener. No, it's just easier. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and fracking is horrible. Your water will be on fire. <laughs> just FYI, I, we strongly disapprove of fracking. It seems like a terrible idea, and pure water will catch fire. That's just not right. And another problem with that 100-year number was that um, in the uh, when you're talking about things like oil and natural gas and coal, you get to count reserves. And there are so many kinds of reserves, and only one of them is real. And that mm -hmm. is what you have actually already taken out of the ground and stored somewhere. Right, we can count that. Yeah, um, that's a tiny piece of what actually gets counted, though. And this information doesn't make it through the multiple times that these articles are um, changed from, you know, government uh, scientific reports to government reports to someone completely untrained at a newspaper, then mm. to an additional translation on top of that by an editor who has even less scientific training. Yeah. Um, you know, you have, like, proven reserves which are, you know, like, we know where this source underground is, and we know there's product in it. Then there's probable reserves, which is like, and that probably extends this far out. And then there's possible reserves, which is, and based on this find, you know, the area in general probably has little pockets all over the place. And each one of those things as you go down that line are not only less real, but each one is more expensive than the last to extract, even if it was guaranteed to actually exist. Right. Same problem with oil. Right. The oil we think we have is about, what, at least half made up. It's, it's in somebody's imagination at the moment. Right. So to be fair to... Uh, skeptics of peak oil and peak everything um yes we will never run out of any of these things because we will never be able to extract all of it it just can't be right. done it either it either gets too difficult or you know it's just simply unfindable and with regards to too difficult um fracking used to be considered too difficult but we ran yeah. out of stuff that wasn't acquired through 
uh, hydraulic fracturing. So that's why we started that. And the same thing goes for the tar sands, which is like the worst possible oil you could come across. It's more difficult, more energy intensive to turn into anything useful than even deep sea oil. Deep sea oil, as has been demonstrated, is like not super easy to get at and there are <laughs> risks and generally it's a big fuckola. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, like, so the U.S. ran out of oil in the 1970s and I do mean ran out. I mean, what we have now is just, you know, a joke. We're a, a net importer, you know, by orders of magnitude. Um you know, just sometimes they like to pretend that stuff in the Gulf or stuff in Canada doesn't count as imports. <laughs> but, you know, the, the Gulf is owned by the British uh, and Canada isn't the U.S. So those those are imports. And Canada has no interest in being the U.S. Uh, right. But they do have plenty of interest in giving us all the oil we ask for. Uh, probably That's out of, true. Probably out of a combination of fear and politeness. Well, plus a lot of the oil comes from the middle of Canada, where they're the Canadian version of Republicans, which are more like the United States version of Democrats. But for Canada, it's yeah. like the Texas of Canada, which still isn't very Texas, but, you know. The, the only problem with that, though, is the Texas of Canada, much like the Texas of the U.S., um, is full of displaced indigenous people um, that have been displaced by the acquiring of, well, just doing the uh, tar sand extractions. Because you take something that used to look nice, and an important step in getting at it is the use of fresh water. So yeah. in addition to Great. wasting the largest... Uh, so uh, Canada is the country that has the most fresh water, period. Um, and we're wasting it to make oil. Um, and after we waste it to make oil, it leaks back into the lakes. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're wasting half of it and poisoning the rest. This is a great idea. And, you know, the indigenous people up there who, um, you know, still live a traditional way of life are catching, you know, cancerous fish that either have cancer themselves or give them cancer. And it's just this sort of ignored thing because Canada doesn't exactly treat its native people that much better than we do. Yeah. They are similarly swept under the rug. Um, and e even without, like, even without that, even without that horrible atrocity, there's still, like, that's where we need to get water from, like... <laughs> when the southwest just completely dries up due to global warming and we're just we're just poisoning it yeah maybe instead of that big old oil pipe through the dakotas we should build a big old water pipe they might be less concerned about that leaking into their streams and we're gonna need that yeah and uh, uh a horrible piece of trivia from the early planning stages of the Dakota Access Pipeline is that it initially was going to go through where white people live. Oh, no, we can't have that. But, but they NIMBYed it around them. Mm -hmm. NIMBY being the acronym for not in my backyard. Right. Um, but it's, it's okay to put in other people's backyards, less fortunate people, 
or worse, no one's backyard where there's still wilderness left that would be great if, you know, that could be left there. Nah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the desperation of the oil companies to do these crimes against people and nature should just tell you that the future outlook for oil <laughs> is bad. Yeah. Because why, I mean, why would you want to be on the other side of those protests? Like, why do you want to be that energy company? It's like, well, yeah, it's, because it's like you either get that oil or you stop being an oil company. <laughs> right. Oh, my God, we're so fucked. Yeah, this this is <laughs> this is not going to play out well. Um, no. The really obnoxious thing about peak oil being labeled a conspiracy or whatever um, is that. It's mutually exclusive with the damage we're doing to the planet. Like, w we will just run out at some point. Right. There are there are reasons to try to move off of it <laughs> before collapse besides saving what's left of the planet. Yeah. It's like, what if we... Good heavens, what if we were to act as if it were true and improve things? That would be just, what, <laughs> terrible? Yeah. <sighs> What if what if we what if we started being smarter and just an instant before we absolutely had to? 